Welcome, folks, back to Cosmic Brilliance. Today, I'm presenting a different type of performance by Adam Apollo, titled The History of the Original Noble Dragons. This will be a 30-minute creative rendition of the time when we were side-by-side with noble dragons. So grab your friends and your kids who generally love dragons and sit down and watch this for 30 minutes. As a researcher of galactic species and history, I often find myself dreaming and watching certain scenes and schmaltzy movies like Dragonheart, and my eyes would fill with tears as if some deep memory of dragon companionship was recalling. Perhaps some of you have been through the same experience. So to set the mood before the presentation starts, I wish to share with you a short paragraph that I found in a previous guest, Ileana, the star traveler, who also goes by El Ka, in her most recent book called Dragon History, The Hidden Truth About Exotic Dragon Types. And the paragraph that I will begin with is called Once Upon a Time, and it's credited to Andrea Bajinski. Here we go. Quote, In the very early incarnations of our soul, during the days of magic, when we were not as restricted in our biology as we are today, we all had dragon companions. These were the wise ones that were more than our guides. They were the ones that taught us much of what we know and knew about magic. Merlin was one who had remembered his dragon companion and would call on him again and again. And Merlin was still able to visit the dragon dimension. In the early days of our incarnations, the dragon companions were in our dimension and moved interdimensionally in and out. When Atlantis was about to fall at its final epoch, it was the dragons who were able to rescue their specific Atlantean human companions and take them to other lands where the Atlantean humans could at least continue to live rather than die in the cataclysm. The people of these other lands ended up very different than the Atlanteans. They were much more barbaric and didn't understand the advanced ways of life of these Atlanteans. It was during this time, the time of much destruction, that the dragons sadly moved back into their dimension and were no longer accessible to the humans. There they were to stay until the prophesied time when humankind would once again raise its vibrations and begin to slowly remember the noble dragons that were companions and call on them to return to aid them in their journey of soul evolution. Folks, the time is now and has arrived for this. Many people are beginning to awaken and remember the noble dragons. The veil into the dragon dimension is thinning enough for some humans to even begin to see their own dragon companions. If you care to, <clears throat> excuse me, and of course using discernment, you can call and ask your true noble dragon companion and friend to come and look for the signs that he or she has arrived. Welcome them and ask his or her name if you do not remember. 
you will be surprised at the variety of dragon colors. The colors represent generally the order they belong to. For instance, generally speaking, the brown dragons are usually of the healing order. The white and golden dragons are usually the royal dragons. So listen for them and call them to you if you wish. For many of the ancient noble dragons have deep wisdom and knowledge to share once again. This book by El Ka goes into detail about the many species, the meaning of their colors, their skill sets, and dragon attitudes. And for those that wish to buy El Ka's book, on page 46, I noticed a meditation that guides you on a journey to meet your dragon. Adam Apollo, the performer in today's show, is a Syrian galactic ambassador with Tuatha de Danon ancestry. Unfortunately, he has no time right now for personal interviews, but he did give me full permission to share this performance with you. He's a multi-skilled martial artist, futurist, scientist who teaches about the unified harmonic matrix, quantum geometry, and the physics of consciousness. He has taught at the White House and is also a teacher of spacecraft warp drive and systems, sacred geometry, self-empowerment, the evolution of the mind. He's a programmer in coding and engineering, academy architect designer, galactic historian, and the list goes on. He also was a key note speaker with standing ovations at the well-known, most attended Contact in the Desert Convention in Southern California. So now we will begin. Grab your kids and family and friends. Put your feet up. And I hope you enjoy this 30-minute performance as much as I do. Thank you. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, but not too far, there is a planet full of gravity. Beings of light and fire, beings of all the colors of the gems, of all the shades of the rainbow, of all the rock and the stone, and the cloud, and the stream. Dragons of every element. Dancing, playing, moving, growing, living. I remember the beginning. A splintering crack of light shattering through the field of the void, opening the brilliance of sunlight pouring upon my face and seeing two great heads looking down at me. I climbed forth out of the shell and found myself alive, embodied, fleshy, able to grip the ground flutter my wings and feel the drift of the wind. I grew. I got bigger. I ate things. I could smell the flow of the rain coming. I could feel the currents of the wind so gently that when I spread my wings and flapped and caught the air, I could ride it. I could surf it. 
to glide and move and feel the elements roaring through my body. To feel the fire in my heart, the liquid of my silver scales reflecting the sun. And I love to play. I love to dance. I love to sing with the fire within my belly. Time passed. And I would teach of the feelings, of the weaves, of the flows, of the elements, the cascades from the heavenly realms that I had emerged from. The expressions of the source of all that we are moving through me, embodied. And then, one day, thunderstruck. And there was a great roar among the peoples. The dragons were coming together in a conclave. All of the dragons gathered in this massive valley. Thousands of dragons from all over this world and others. They came together to connect to talk, and to hear the grievances of some ancient dragon lords. One dragon in particular, a great red, scales like ruby catching on fire. Doom, 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 doom. He thundered forth. And he roared with rage. And he said, my brothers, my sisters, we have been wronged. My very blood has been taken from this world. It has been carried across the great seas of the ether between stars. And it is now in another sea of stars far away, I can feel my grandchildren being born in another world. I can feel their spirits crying out, where is my family? Where is my home? Our lifeblood, our flow, our ancestral gift has been stolen. And we must go reclaim it. We cannot travel this great distance between galaxies in these bodies. So we must drop them and go. And I know of these beings who took our DNA. I know of these beings who took our life code. And they are little. And they are dishonoring. And they have taken from us this thing which is so sacred for our families. They are fleshy little beings with five fingers and five toes. Their skin is soft and crushes easily behind your claws. I will go and I will crush them. I will destroy them. I will make them pay and teach their spirits the way of honor that you cannot take. There were many other dragons that day who heard the roar, heard the passion, heard 
the truth in what he said. And they were uh, so mad. And they would come forward and some of them said, our, our bloods are stolen too. We know it. We can feel it. We have a grandson who was supposed to be born. He's gone now. He's not here. And so some of the dragons decided right then and there they were going to rip their bodies apart and travel as souls to this other sea of stars far away. Some of us feared for the safety of the beings in this other place. Some of us saw that regardless of how the blood had been taken, how the genetics were stolen, how these things had happened, was it truly right for them to just go and just destroy other worlds, take lives, do that to restore honor? Would that even restore honor? We went into deep prayer and ceremony, considering this. What can we do? For even as we considered the dragon lords were tearing their bodies apart and birthing souls fleeing across the stars. And we decided we had to know who are these beings, these fleshy, little, squirming things that these dragon lords talk of. Let us travel in our minds to see them. And we journeyed across the great gap to this beautiful, milky galaxy. And we danced along the stars around the area where we felt the blood of our people had flowed. And we saw beams of liquid and beauty, subtle and gentle, loving and resonant. We saw beings dancing amidst the trees, skipping, singing songs, catching the rays of sunlight and transforming them into things. We saw beings moving with such grace and speed and art. There in the deserts where the winds were arising, we saw beings of stone Beings who had created caverns, ancient caverns, holding the lineage and the knowledge of their people and knew that they, those people, had been the ones that took the blood and they were keeping track of it. Was there a dishonor? Or was there more to know about these beings? We decided we would not let them go and destroy. We would not let all of these beautiful beings of different elements, just like us, fall away. And so we aligned ourselves one by one to one of the stars that we felt, one of the elements we felt most aligned with in this other span of worlds. And we allowed our bodies to fall away and return to our planet. Our souls shot across the galactic gap, 
a weave like rainbows of so many spectrums, moving towards the stars of many worlds, birthing through those stars in order to align ourselves and our field of spirit to the specific genetic encoding of these humanoid beings, so that we could land then and be born through the womb of a mother. I found myself among a desert world, a place where there were martial arts, movement, dancing, expression, fire, play, warriors. And we also had this world of war with forests and land and traveled between the two. And I loved my parents and they too were dragons from my home that had come here. And through our family and through our love, I began to know and see the beauty of this people. And then a storm came. Traveling between worlds, our ship was attacked. Our pod ripped from the transport. The door blasted open, lights coming in. Me being grabbed as a child, pulled away from my father. And I found myself waking up years later, running a giant mech warrior body, mining meteorites for beings who were a lot like dragons. Dragons that had somehow lost their great majesty and giant grace. Beings that were smaller, more raptor-like, and had awkwardness in this semi-humanoid, semi-dragon embodiment. And I was their slave, among many other slaves from many other worlds, as they were traveling the galaxy collecting these humanoids to use them in their conquests of destruction. What I knew in the deep depths of my soul but couldn't quite remember, their conquests of retribution. And so, I united together with a few of my other humanoid-like fellows. One of the blue skin, one of orange skin, and burl in depth. And we gathered our strength, we gathered our energy, we gathered our intelligence to escape. We figured out how to hack their communication systems, take control over the mech warrior bodies, grab on to their patrol ships and ride them to their great half-dome mothership. We injected viruses into their core computing systems through the help of my brother of the watery world. And we stole a freighter ship, took it back to the mines, gathered up as many of the men and women slaves as we could, and fled from this lava moon. We cruised out into space, going as far as we could with the resources we had, with the food that we had. But we could not go that far. 
we found ourselves only able to get to another nearby planet. And it was a giant ball of gas. There was no place for us to go there. There was no station to dock our freighter ship at. There was no land to land on. And we had no way to know how to get back home to our worlds. At that moment, my brother from the Seven Sister Stars, he went deep inside of himself. He went to this place that he calls the Blue Crystal Fire that he had learned from his people as a child. And in this place of blue crystal fire, he began to sing the song of his people and call them, call them. If there's anyone out there in the vast expanses of space and time, hear us now, help us get home. I knew that we were all about to die. That perhaps this adventure into five fingers and five toes was going to come to an end. And that I not only couldn't help my people, I couldn't stop the onslaught that was happening, but I also couldn't even save these people that had entrusted me with their lives by getting on this freighter ship. And I decided I was going to go back and tell them all that at least we would die free. And as I turned to go back to the depths of the ship and break my heart and so many others, a blue light shone, shone through into the bridge. And I turned and I looked and this brilliant blue dot above this yellowish glass gas giant got larger and larger and larger in my vision. This deep blue with the bottom covered in spindly cracks of brilliant shining light blue got closer and closer and closer. And as it got closer, small little ships of light blurred past us. And it got larger and larger until the little blue cracks on the bottom became canyons. And these canyons swallowed our ship, took us all the way into thousands of layers and floors among canyon walls with ships traveling through them and docked us into the side wall. But it was not like the docking of this reptilian technology or that of my homeworld where everything No, it was a docking like a hand reaching out softly or the mouth of a dolphin hissing. And our ship was sucked against the side wall and I did not know what to do. My friends did not know what to do. So we put on our armor and we put on our things. And my water planet friend looked at us like we were out of our minds. And we rolled forth from this 
ship to go on to this larger mother planet ship thing and came into this giant hall where the floors were beautiful lattices of sacred geometry, brilliant red strawberry with golden lacing, and beings of different colors standing on this beautiful balcony overlooking the space. And I entered the space ready for anything. And across the way, a door opens, and a woman glides forth, wearing this elaborate, amazing dress. She glides over to me, her hand comes up, and she stops my heart and says, Be disarmed. You are welcome here. And for the first time, I felt the armor of worlds clashing fall from me. I felt the anger and the rage, the pain of the loss of my people, the traveling of the dragons, the loss of my homeworld, the enslavement on a lava moon, the pain of these beings destroying other worlds to try to restore some sense of honor. I felt all of that fall from me to the ground. And I remembered who I was. And I remembered what it felt like to be at home with family. These people, these many beings from many different stars and worlds, they took me in. They took in all of the peoples, some of whom were family from the same worlds and nurtured us back to health, gave us strength again, helped us to accept the pain and to accept the anger and the rage before they would tell us how our worlds were doing, how are our homelands. And finally, when we were clear enough, prepared enough, aligned enough with the core of our being, back engaged, soul star, first and foremost, they told me that the water world, where so many of my people had come from, was all but destroyed. This place of forests and mountains and seas and rains. And that for my people, the Shihei, only a desert planet remained. And there were many warriors protecting the cities, cities of white bone and stone that were woven into the mountains, into deep caverns where crystals and lakes and food was grown. Hiding in these caves, hiding in the solid power of those walls, they held off these forces. I knew that we must go back there, but I did not know how. How do we stop this war? How can I stop these beings from destroying? How can I stop these dragon lords from continuing their conquests across the galaxy, destroying worlds? And I thought, what if, what if they just don't remember? What if, like me, they forgot? 
who they are. What if, what if I could help them by reminding them of their origins? And so I went to this technologist of the Galactic Council and I said to him, do you have a way for us to change our bodies, to look different? And he said, actually, I do. I have a very special piece of technology I've been working on for some time. It actually allows the matter around your body to compress into a new form, to bloom and blend, weaving the elements and the materials so that you have a physical body extension projection. Your original body will remain inside the larger physical projection. But you must feed that larger physical body, which is mass and material, in the way that it needs to be fed. And you will have to live inside of that until you remove it. And when you remove it, it may be difficult to reintegrate again for some time. And I said, okay, well, I want them to look like this. And I showed him the dragons of my world in the Andromedan space. And I said, can you give us enough of these that we can go in and go to war? Yes, I can make enough. We flew into the planet, aligned, synchronized, coming in from different areas to different cities. In the ship I was in, I stood among four others only in this large hangar. The ship came down. You could see in the monitor the landing coming in. Their sea of black reptilian armies crashing against the white walls of a beautiful city. And as the ship touched down, gravity fully engaging us to the planet, the doors beginning to open. The plasma-like dust of the desert planet blew in and met my nose, and suddenly the child inside of me that had been there, that had danced in those plasma-like winds, remembered who I am even deeper as this kind of being. And I clicked the button upon my belt buckle, and suddenly my body morphs out of my neck, stands, my tail comes out, my wings sprout and bloom, my arms become muscular. <sighs> And I was a great silver dragon. Looking to my sides, I see green, emerald, beauty, and red, epic, and blue, beautiful dragon, and golden dragon. And the door opens all the way. And we roar forth, running across the desert grounds towards the sea of black soldiers, and roar at them. And they, off their guns, and cowering back, looking towards the largest of them, the larger hybrid lords, and they looked at the others, and they looked at us, and they, they put down their guns, and they got down on their knees, and they bowed down to us. And the wave of soldiers behind them knelt and bowed down. For some part of them remembered and they saw their gods. 
Their gods was themselves. They saw their own true nature, where they had come from. And in that moment, most of the war was ended. We told them, you must go from this planet. You must go back to your home. You must learn not to take lands from others. You must learn to create and harness strength in yourselves. And many of them left, but not all of them. It is a way of dragons to challenge. It is a way of these reptilian beings to prove their strength. And so it took moons. And in those moons, those of us that were in dragon form had to stay in dragon form and fight and show up and be there and tell them, you must go. Until eventually, our world was free. And we were able to transform back to these beautiful, beautiful humanoid bodies again. And reintegrate with our peoples that had survived. In the many millennia that passed after that, the war did not end. There were many other tides in the galaxy of battles and pain and destruction. But the thread of the dragons continued to weave, souls being born from one world to another, playing among the humanoid beings, learning the many elements and the many ways of their peoples, discovering their cultures, discovering their tribes, Till, at one point, many of the dragons realized there is a world where so many of these different elements can come together. So many of these different species and different ways, from the dragons to the jungle beings to the martial artist Shihali to the seven-starred Pleiadians to the elven Syrians, to the and all of these other galactic peoples could come into a place of getting to know themselves as the same species. A heart healing of the galaxy could happen in this world. But we knew that souls of many, many worlds were going to flock there. We knew that some of those ancient dragon lords who still had not faced their own karma and their own sanskara of choosing to go destroy another people out of a sense of dishonor, that some of those souls would travel there too. And so, as guardians we came, as teachers we came, as light workers, we came. As Syrians, as Pleiadians, as Arturians, as Yehonians, as Shihali, as Lachwinanwinininanwinin, as Nagura, as many, many other kinds of beings and species from across the galaxy, we came to the seed that was Gaia. And we found ourselves embodied in this home, united 
as one people, one species, with all of our differences, all of our vast genetic hybrid shifts, each of our star tribes massively adjusted the genome of this human. But through the human, we could connect and see each other as the same. And so the trail of the dragons began to roll across the earth, kept in the secret teachings of the Nagas high in the Himalayas, kept in the secret teachings of the Quetzalcoatl, kept in the teachings of serpent and Chinese dragon, Taoist alchemy, kept in the teachings of my people, the Tuatha Devanam, kept in the teachings of so many lands. The dragons continued, planting the seeds, being guardians, showing up for each other, and working to heal the original dragon wound, to accept and bring grace when there is dishonor, to love through our deepest hurt, and to show up more fully and deeply as ourselves in each incarnation, no matter what we look like. Welcome, dragons. It is an honor to be here with you. Well, I hope you, your family, and kids enjoyed this light and historical story of the ancient noble dragons. Elena Denon just presented a video a few weeks back with contacting, her experience with contacting an ancient golden dragon underneath a church in the area of Ireland she lives in that directs the ley lines and sacred paths in the earth. So make sure and check that out. For those of you who are members of Gaia.com, you may wish to watch interview. It's called, quote, Interview with Extra Dimensionals with Galactic Ambassador Adam Apollo, Part 1 and 2. They are two of the most riveting, eloquent, and sincere stories of his awakening and experiences, starting when he was 15 years old, that I've ever heard. And I will have his contact information right now on the show. On my next show in two weeks, I will present another brilliant starseed young man whose journey as a spiritual guide and theoretical physicist drove him to write a book that explains the unified field of everything in an understandable way for most ages, which is key. I am presenting right now younger guests to help inspire the awakening of you and your teenagers and young adults that you know are still living at home in their 20s and 30s to help them remember why they are here, who they really are, and to never give up, keep forging ahead. Thank you for your time and attention. I appreciate it. 
Until next time, my friends, onwards and upwards. Thank you.